Julian Edlow here for DraftKings. The thrill and excitement of March Mania is here. And DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps, is giving new customers a shot to turn 5 bucks into $150 instantly in bonus bets with any college basketball bet. Conference tournaments, Final Four, to win it all, you name it, it's all available on the DK Sportsbook app. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code ROSS. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bets only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code ROSS. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-777 or visit ccp.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort located in Kansas, 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario, bonus bets expire 160 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. You're listening to DraftKings Network. It's the Ross Tucker Football Podcast. <laughs> oh, yeah, it is. But it's not just any. Ross Tucker Football Podcast. It is a Monster Monday, presented, of course, by DraftKings. So fired up for really the whole week, but especially today's show. We've got Carl Nassib, just an unbelievable, awesome human being that a couple years ago did something that was a huge positive for so many people in general, young people in particular, all around the world, certainly in the United States, and he's a darn good football player with a crazy backstory. In fact, he told me something during the interview, because we interviewed him recently for this episode, that I never knew. That's one of the wildest things I've ever heard of for a guy that's played defensive end in the NFL as long as Carl has. Absolutely incredible. Can't wait for you guys to hear from Carl. Just like I can't wait for you guys to check out why Max is my first pick for winning entertainment. Listen, no matter what I'm craving or my wife or my daughters, whether it's Friends or South Park or Succession, House of the Dragon, they got cooking shows like Chopped, Beat Bobby Flay, Lord of the Rings, Shazam, Fury of the Gods. Max is the streaming destination that has the best of entertainment for whatever mood I'm in, anytime, and plans are as little as $9.99 a month. Max, the one to watch. Subscription required. Visit max.com. It's Big Show time. The Big Show. All right, as promised, we got my guy Carl Nassib. I've been looking forward to this one for a while. I've been trying to get this done for a while. Going in the year eight in the National Football League. Check him out on social media, Instagram and LinkedIn, at Carl Nassib. I mean, Carl, you have like three different stories that are really yeah. unique. Like the whole the whole interview could be about how, and you and I were at the same thing with Andrew Brant and Villanova, how you didn't even start yep. a game in high school, walked on, and now you're going to year eight in the NFL. The whole interview could obviously be about uh, the huge news you made a year ago or a couple years ago, which obviously has been so helpful to so many people. So there's a lot of different things that we can get into. I want to start start with the walk-on thing, though, because I knew you walked on to Penn State. 
I live in Central PA. I follow Penn State closely. I saw you had the great senior year, but I didn't realize till you and I read that seminar. You really yep. never started a game in high school, dude. I was, you know, I was the definition of a late bloomer, man. Like it was, I was, I left high school at like six five two fifteen. I was, I was a lean, mean fight machine, but you know, I didn't. I was a five. I was five nine as a freshman in high school. So I did it. I grew a lot in high school and, you know, I, uh, I went to Malvern prep and it's like a, a small private Catholic school. So like, it's not like we were this like big, uh, powerhouse in the state of Pennsylvania. Like this was a small school and I couldn't even be a starter. You know what I mean? Like if it was this like, uh, dynasty that I was playing for, yeah, maybe that would have an excuse for not being a starter, but nah, I was a backup for four straight years. And then I was still a backup for four straight years at Penn State. Um, so I went eight years in a row before ever starting. Um, but it worked out. So wait a minute. Were you really not good enough to start a game your senior year of high school at Malvern Prep? Like, should you have been starting? Uh, see, it was it's so long ago. And I, I it's – Obviously, I you always have you got to, as a football player you've got the you got to have the most self confidence. So obviously, I wanted to be in that role, um, and I did my best to to make the best of the reps that I got. And that's all I can tell people is like you never know how many reps you're going to get. So every single one you have to you have to make count. And that's what I would tell the walk on the other walk ons at Penn State is like that's how you make it. Is like you have to put so much. Uh, emphasis and pressure on every single player out there. You can't take a play off. And so that's what I did at, at in Malvern. I ended up uh, – you're an Eagles fan. Um, my my last game as a senior, I had like three sacks against um, this kid who was the son of the Eagles. Uh, John Runyon? No, 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 no. Uh, he was morning wake. He was the OC for the Eagles. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so, like, that's how, like, I kind of got a little bit of recognition was that I, like, sacked his son. So, um, that was, like, kind of the, one of the big things that got me um, noticed by, uh, by Penn State. And I was able to walk on there. And then, obviously, um, you didn't really play until your last year at Penn State. Like, did you ever yeah. think, what am I doing? Did you ever lose the faith? I mean, you're a really bright guy. So, I would think so like many at times, some man. Point, yeah. Like at some point, Carl, did you ever think like, what's my return on investment here for the time I'm putting in? Yeah. So I got my scholarship after my second summer there, or after, right after my second year. So right before my redshirt sophomore year. So I was feeling really good then. And I was 100% the best defensive end on the team by far. And I just still wasn't starting. But um, I remember we had this game. Uh, I think it was against UCF, and I think Blake Bortles was killing us. And we came in at halftime, and they were like, put Carl in the freaking game. You know what I mean? So it wasn't just me that was wanting to play more. So um, I bided my time, man. I was so thankful for all the time that I got there. And I remember, like, right before my senior season, standing – like, we were we were playing Temple at at Lincoln, at the Link. And I couldn't control myself, man. Like I, everything, those eight years leading up to like starting, I had like 10 tackles and um, it was pretty electric. So it all, it all worked out. You know what I mean? I, I really am. I don't have any regrets or wishes that it changed that anything would change. 
All right, so you had a crazy amount of sacks your last year. You get drafted. So I knew all that. But I think the 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 first time you sort of really came on the national radar screen for people was probably hard knocks. Yeah, when I think you're it was, with the yeah. Browns and you're yeah. giving a financial education. I mean, yeah. I don't even know how that started. You just started telling the guy you're in like the D line room and you started telling the guys about compound interest. How did that happen? Yeah, I guess that was the last draw because they fired me like eight days later. Um, so I had read a book about compounding. It was a Tony Robbins book. And I was blown away because I, I was a biology major at Penn State. I never learned about finance. I, I wanted to be a long time ago, wanted to be a doctor. So I never learned anything about finance and investing. So when you're a young person who gets this huge amount of money super early in your you know financial journey, the opportunity that you have to generate financial wealth and generational wealth is insane if you do it right. So I had this freaking aha moment that I wanted to share with them. And just because they were my buddies, like I was just like, dude, like check this out. Like I, I was doing the math on the board just as like something uh, to like be excited about. And people loved it. I think that there's this huge uh, conception that we're all idiots and it's not true. I think that we just need more access to financial wellness tools to, to add to better education and uh, for people to advocate for these young players who have this immense responsibility. And like, they're kind of put in this precarious situation uh, to where if they make a couple wrong steps, they could, they could really mess it up. Am I allowed to curse on this? I don't I'm, or no. This oh, is I'd rather right? you not. No. I'd rather you not. Okay, actually. Got it, we got try, it. I'm trying to keep really on good. the podcast, really like Spotify. Good. We try to keep the clean. We don't want to get the E explicit. We try to got keep it. the, uh, the clean I'm doing filter. a good job. I'm doing a good job. Yeah, yeah, you're doing a great job. You know what's funny about that? So I obviously, you know, I, I'm from Why Missing, uh, and then I, I went to Princeton. So when I was yep. in the NFL, there'd be guys, you know, my high school buddies or college buddies would be like, yo, seriously though, dude, how, how stupid are those guys? Like how dumb are those guys? And I'd be like, they're not dumb at all. Because I, you, in my opinion, you can't play in the NFL – without being intelligent you just can't do it it's too complicated things happen too fast it might be a different type of intelligence but it happens what i tell my friends is they just have no background or upbringing or education in financial matters like they're smart guys they just like they have no like they they didn't have like uh an allowance like nobody told them to save money like it it's it's not an intelligence thing it's an education thing. hundred percent. Yeah. I couldn't agree with you more. And sometimes I feel like the NFL and coaches, they don't want players to be financially stable, right? They want players to kind of be at their mercy, like begging to get back in the building, right? Like I've, I've played seven years in the NFL. I managed my money um, as well as anybody possibly could. And I have that freedom to do whatever I want. And like, they don't really want guys like that. And they really, and this goes to, to all across all industries. They want employees and um, people to really need that next paycheck. And I don't want that for players. I want people to be able to walk away healthy, happy with a massive nest egg that they can um, share with their families. And um, so that's just kind of one of the reasons why I'm so passionate about, 
financial wellness for athletes. And I think that more people are catching on that this is, isn't like rocket science. A little bit of freaking information goes a long way. Um, it's funny that you say that because I'm extremely passionate about that to the point where when I was a player, and I might have told you this, but I got my Series 7 and 66. Yeah, I was you a said licensed that. Yeah, yeah, financial yeah, yeah, advisor. Yeah, yeah. Yep. And um, I was going to like start to build up a book of business while I was playing. And then I had a back surgery in Buffalo and I got cut and it kind of foiled my plans in that regard. Yeah. But guys really trusted me. You know, they would give me their 401k allocation papers. They would like throw them all in my locker. And um, yeah, yeah, that's why I want every guy, like we saw Lamar Jackson this off season, right? Like I wanted every guy, I want every guy to maximize the financial security they can get for their families from their God-given football ability and their hard work. And like, it kills me when guys go back to school and then get hurt or they make a, a bad decision. Like I, I, I want, every, I don't want the owners to have the money. I want us 100%. that are beating up our bodies yeah. and smashing yeah. our heads to have the money. Yeah. You know, I agree. Um, yeah, no, I totally agree. I also want people to make sure you take some time this weekend to drink some Labatt blue lights with your friends, live life to the power of we always enjoy responsibly. Of course, beer, Labatt USA, Buffalo, New York. All right, so Carl, let's move forward to, I guess, maybe what you're probably most well-known for now. It's really interesting, Carl. Like, you were known for being the walk-on at Penn State that became an All-American, had 16 sacks, whatever. Then you became known for being the hard knocks financial guy. And now you're known the last couple years as being – really the first openly gay NFL player. So I want to go back to, to your decision to come out and, and the way in which you did and why you made that decision. Yeah, I just, I feel really lucky that I was able to come out the way that I did. I was, you know, surrounded, I got, I've been surrounded by the most support, um, most love and uh, celebration. So it's, it's been a great couple of years. I mean, I, I say this often that I kind of like stand on the shoulders of giants of all the people that came before me. So I'm just very thankful. And the reason that I did it was like, I feel like since I was so lucky, I needed to help out people that weren't as lucky and people that were going through problems, especially younger um, individuals who were going through problems. And I wanted to show that representation. I wanted to show that visibility. And so that there could be young athletes that may want to not pursue football or other sports because they don't think that they can get to the top of the top. And so the response was amazing. Um, I continue, I mean, people still come up to me, uh, yesterday came up to me. I just, it's, it's been one of the most rewarding experiences in my life and they come up to my family and it's just, it's, it's really been a blessing. Uh, I'm super happy that I did it. And I wasn't really, people like I just, people get surprised by the reaction. I really wasn't surprised. I was really excited and looking forward to um, being myself and living my life in a really much more honest way. So it's, it's been a 10 out of 10 ever since. You know, I, I get chills and like almost get choked up to hear you talk about it because I just, you know, I have two daughters, but I, I just, I can't even imagine the positive impact 
that had on so many people to just see, okay, that NFL guy that I watch every week, he's gay like me, you know? Yeah. And, and what that means to them, it's incredible. Um, you are to be Thanks, applauded. Thanks, man. I appreciate what, it. Thanks, man. Yeah, what, was your, what was your biggest concern? Was it how the teams would view you slash um, how it would affect your career or what the locker room would be like? That's a great question. Um, you know, I don't, I don't think my biggest concern might have been um, really like at the time, like I was, um, we were in the middle of COVID. I feel like I was like concerned with other things. Like I really wasn't worried about too much. Like I had a lot of guaranteed money. I was in a very solid place in my life. Like I felt like I was good, right? That's, I would not have done it if I was in a really uncertain place. And so that's why I feel so comfortable talking about anything because dude, I was a freaking walk on a Penn state. Like I've heard anything and everything, right? There's like very few insults you can throw my way. I mean, I went from four years, not starting and another four years. And then I was on the Browns where we went one in 31. So if there's anybody who has like, and then I got fired on hard knocks. So I really wasn't worried. There isn't anything that I could like go through that hasn't been like a test up to now. So I really wasn't worried about much, man. And uh, that's, that's the honest truth is like, I was just really excited. Like when I had some friends tell me, dude, why are you worried about this? Like, this is, a, this is going to be a celebration. This is so fun. And it turned my mind that like, oh, I shouldn't have this dread about it. I should be excited. So I really wasn't worried about much. There was very little worry and like probably hundred percent excitement. It's funny. The only thing I think I would be, I would have been concerned about is, is there somehow, some way this negatively impacts my career, my football career? And um, obviously to date, it doesn't feel like that's been the case at all. No, no, not and, really. Um, no. I don't know. I don't know. Maybe it's even, maybe it's been even helpful. I don't know. You, you would probably know that more than me. Where are you, by the way? Um, just, you know, we're recording this in, in late May. What are you thinking in terms of, in terms of year eight? Are you, are you, are you done? Are you definitely going to play? Are you somewhere in the middle? I'm definitely keeping all options open. I'm, I'm working out six days a week and I'm here in New York city. And I mean, these gyms here are, are really nice, but I got the biggest confidence boost working out with these normal people, man. Like, <laughs> I I'm used to working out with the best athletes on the planet. And I go into these gyms and I'm the biggest dude by far. I'm like, you know, this is like, it's like the big fish in a little pond, man. So I'm working my ass off in the gym. And one thing that is driving me nuts about not being an NFL gym right now is everyone's texting on their phones. They have no idea about a gym, right? This guy was doing crunches in a squat rack. You know what I mean? So I'm working out and uh, keeping all options open and having a lot of fun while doing it. Yeah. Awesome. I know you've got some other stuff going on uh, that you're working on, like the Rays app and stuff. Yeah. We were talking about at Villanova. Um, and there's some philanthropic stuff too. So can you just fill me and the listeners in on some of your business and philanthropic stuff you're working on? Absolutely. So I started my company raise a few years ago after really moving um, charity event that I had gone to through the Buccaneers and fast forward to this year, we've been on the app store since July of 2022 and we are connecting 
nonprofits of all sizes to the next generation of philanthropists. There is this young generation, Gen Z millennials who are more socially conscious than ever. They actually care who, do, who they do business with. And we want to activate them. We want to get them out of their house. It's been three years of sitting in their freaking houses. We want to get them out of the house involved. Um, and we do that through, I mean, you'd be surprised at how antiquated some of these um, philanthropy pipelines are. So we work with corporate matching. We do fundraisers. We do it all. And it's been, it's been really, really amazing. I work with nonprofits every single day. Um, and they are the most passionate people you'll ever come across. These are people who devote their lives to serving others. And the only match to that is like D1 college football or the NFL, like that passion for what you do is it's, it's, you know, right on par with each other. So I'm loving it. I think that there is a huge issue. And that is that the number of donors in America has gone down every year for the last 20 years. And not many people know that, right? That less and less people are donating to charity because Gen Z and millennials don't write checks and they don't carry cash. And then in COVID, we lost 25% of our volunteers. So I'm the, my North stars for raise and everything that I do outside of football is to reverse those trends and make a tangible, noticeable difference. So it's going really well. I mean, frick, dude, I love it. And um, I just get to work with the best people every day. It's awesome. Check out the Raise app. It's R-A-Y-Z-E, Raise app. That's Carl's business. Yes, sir. Uh, really enjoy the conversation, Carl. Check him out on Instagram, at Carl Nassib, or on LinkedIn. Thank you so much for the time. Yeah, Ross, it was awesome, man. You have a great day, man. Hope you guys enjoyed that interview as much as I did. Uh, just an impressive, impressive young man in every way. Didn't start a game in high school. And now he's been in the NFL this long and was a college All-American. That is ridiculous. Almost as ridiculous as people that pay a crazy amount of money for earbuds when you can get Raycon wireless earbuds. Raycon's premium audio at the perfect price point. Their mission is to prove you shouldn't have to pay an arm and a leg for quality sound. I'm at the beach right now, if you can't tell. And every bike ride, I am all over Raycon earbuds. They even have buy now, pay later options. You can get a pair and a spare. That's what I did. And still pay less, by the way, than you would with some of those other more big-name tech brands out there. Easy and free return guarantee. Two years of product protection insurance for just a few bucks. They offer free domestic shipping. Flat fee international shipping. They have over 50,000 five-star reviews. Love the awareness mode. Love the crystal clear call quality. And I never, almost never have to charge them. It's unbelievable. Go to buyraycon.com slash Tucker today to get 15% off your Raycon order. That's buyraycon.com slash Tucker to score 15% off. Buyraycon.com slash Tucker. Tucks takes. All right, Ross. I've got some edge rusher news for you. The Broncos signed defensive end Frank Clark for a one-year deal. That's worth up to $7.5 million. And the Cowboys, they released their former first-round pick, Tack McKinley. So it's, it's like all these guys were waiting to see what the market would be for pretty good veteran rushers. And then once Leonard Floyd signed 
you know, with the Bills for $7.5 million, it was like, okay, that's the market, Frank. And he signs with the Broncos. I'm guessing Yannick Ngakwe will sign for something similar. And Tack McKinley, you're getting cut this time of year. Might be the end of the line. The DeAndre Hopkins World Tour continues. He's scheduled to visit the Patriots this week, and he already uh, met with the Tennessee Titans. Yeah, I'm done with this. This is it. I'm not. I'm not talking about every visit this guy takes. Next time we talk about DeAndre Hopkins, he will have signed somewhere. <laughs> and lastly, the Minnesota Vikings officially released Dalvin Cook. Finally, and in fact, because of that, Jack, I'm going to make this my Labatt take of the week, presented by Labatt Blue Light, the pristine Canadian Pilsner. Enjoy your beers together so you can live life to the power of we. Always enjoy responsibly beer. Labatt USA, Buffalo, New York. Two thoughts on the Dalvin Cook release. Number one, the Vikings held on to him a long time. I mean, that was a long time. However, that was their contractual right. They are doing what was in their best interest, just like every player should do what's in their best interest, maybe holding out is the case for some of these players. The second thing is, are we sure the running back pendulum hasn't swung too far now? This guy was so productive for so many years. Run game, passing game. I'm going to be really curious to see how Madison does in in Minnesota. What if Madison gets hurt? I'll be curious to see how Ty Chandler does. And can't wait to see where Cook lands for how much money and how well he plays. I think we might have gone a little too far on the running back thing, but I guess we will find out soon enough. These are still, it's still an important position and these guys are still productive and make a difference in wins and losses. So we'll see. I know the analytics folks don't agree, but ultimately um, I still think it's a pretty important position. I also think that'll do it for a monster Monday edition of the Ross Tucker football podcast, Sean King on Wednesday, talking with him about his coaching career, which I think it'll be interesting. I think we're done here. Thanks for listening to the Ross Tucker Football Podcast. Make sure to also subscribe to the Fantasy Feast, Even Money, Business of Sports, and College Draft. All available at Apple Podcasts, RossTucker.com, or wherever podcasts can be found. Yeah, sorry, Jack. I've always got some shout-outs to give out. How could I forget my lovely folks at Pizza Boy Brewing, Sportaculture, HumanHeadNYC.com, SteakhouseSports.com, go-bangles.com evergreen economics back office schedule.com and my front page story.com 